Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? It's good, good. Who's enjoying this new format? Oh, yeah, it's all right. It's good seeing all these smiley faces on this rather bleak day, but it's not bleak here, is it? It's good. We had a powerful night last night with just the Ignite uh, students and just laid hands on, on the students and the teachers and just sort of imparted more of the Holy Spirit and that, uh, that 10 week course starts on Wednesday and it was just a, a hub of excitement uh, in the place which is just awesome to see and just awesome to see God's people getting hungry uh, for Him. You know, we sing about it, we are hungry and it's just great. There was over, uh, over 100 people have registered. You know, we are a community of about 500 people so that's one fifth of our community that have registered to go on this, uh, on this come follow me journey because really that's what it is. It's a journey uh, which is 10 weeks long. But how many people know the journey lasts forever? The journey is a lifetime. Jesus said, come follow me. It's a whole process that you go on of allowing him to transform you into his image, which is an internal and an external thing. It's both. God calls us to have his nature and he calls us to have his authority and his power to see his kingdom come within us to form us and shape us but also to then administer that kingdom through the power and the manifestations of the supernatural. And so we worship an incredibly exciting God, and a, a God of, of magnificent, who totally wants to transform our lives. He doesn't want to just leave us where we are. He wants to transform every part of us, you know, that we could become like him. And uh, it was just an awesome time. And so maybe, you know, maybe the timing for this wasn't right this time, but I just encourage you maybe to think about it when we, when we advertise it again, maybe just start praying into that, God, you want me to go through this process, our heart as you would. But um, so just ask him that, but let's just start in prayer. Father, I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you that you're glorious. I want to thank you that you're radiant. I want to thank you that you're all knowing, you're everywhere, you're omnipresent. Lord, you are powerful. You're a loving, serving God who sent his son, Jesus, to redeem us, to reconcile us. And Father, you burden us with that message. You burden the church with that message. You say, I have a burden for you to carry. I have a message for you to become, but I have a message for you to proclaim. I have a message. John the Baptist, Father, he was a voice in the wilderness. And many went out to hear the voice in the wilderness. And at times, God, being a follower of you can be a little bit like being in the wilderness. But God, you're with us in the wilderness. And you say, proclaim this message of hope that you are faithful. Lord, you're glorious. You're radiant. You're the God of healing. You're the God of love. You're the God that redeems, that that transforms, that takes things that aren't and puts them as they are. You're the God that takes the broken and makes them whole. Lord, the message that we have to proclaim is an incredible message of hope and love and purpose and meaning. Father, for the first time, maybe some people find that in their lives when they find you. I know I did at the age of 29, found meaning and purpose for the first time because I found you. And I pray today, God, you would burden us with a passion to proclaim the message of Jesus and his kingdom. Not just Jesus, but Jesus and his kingdom. I pray today, Father, you would lay on our hearts just a burden that's light and easy, but it is a burden that we would be people who would be a voice. You've given us a tongue. You've given us vocal cords that we would be a voice for you and proclaim this message of hope and love and purpose and meaning that people would find what we have found. 
which is your Son, Jesus Christ. We found our Father. We found your Holy Spirit, the three wrapped into one. And so, Father, just burden us this morning. Open our eyes and our ears to hear what the Spirit wants to say today to your church. And the church of Jesus said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you don't, um, if you don't know me that well, um, I love music. I love music. I grew up, uh, don't laugh, but I grew up listening to country music. At the age of four, I would put my dad's headphones on and just listen to guys that you've probably never heard of. <laughs> um, but I grew up, and I have a love of music. Not all music. I'm not a big fan of classical music. But, uh, you know, I don't think they'll be playing classical in heaven. I, I've, I've been told that it's definitely country. Um, so if you don't like country, you better get used to it now because it's all they play in heaven. And so... Um, We'll get you saved afterwards if you need to come into that anointing. But um, there's an awesome program on the TV at the moment, and, and I don't know what you think of it, but I'm really enjoying it. It's called The Voice, and it's The Voice in Australia. And uh, I watched the one, well, I actually watched one series of the one that the Americans did, and I don't think that was that, it was okay, but, you know, I think The Voice in Australia is just, just way better. And, and so we're watching this on Friday night, and it's about different people from different backgrounds, different styles are coming together for one purpose, and that's to find this voice. And I just want to show you a clip uh, from the show, and I want you to listen to this woman's voice. I want you to also notice the judges, because there's something we can learn uh, from this program about being a voice. We have a unique message to proclaim, and this lady has a very unique voice, and you're going to see it, you're going to hear it, and then you're going to see it in the judges. So let's just watch this mic, that'll be cool, and just um, tell me what you hear. This is our See the reaction from the judges when she opened her mouth and started to sing just in awe. And I believe that we have a message that powerful. We have a message that powerful. We have to have a voice that powerful that gets that reaction from a world when we proclaim, when we share, 
when we declare the truth of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he came to do and his kingdom. We have a unique voice. As I said and I pray, we have a message to become and we've been looking at that. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to know him intimately? What does it mean to know you're a son or a daughter of the king and to live from that perspective and do everything from that perspective, being able to hear his voice and obey his voice because you're intimate. But the whole purpose of that is that the church would then go and proclaim this message. Jesus is our example. We have a perfect example and it's him. If you want to look at a model to follow, look at him and follow him. He was intimate with his father and he was on a mission to proclaim truth. He went to the cross, was part of his purpose. Then he rose from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the father, waiting to return. And we have this incredible message to proclaim. And that's what I want to share about Um, today with us. And so I've called this finding your voice, finding your voice. John the Baptist. How many of you have read about John the Baptist? It was a guy that wore unusual clothing. He ate unusual foods, but God sent him to prepare the way for the Messiah. And he was out in the wilderness. He didn't come to the temples. He didn't come to, to, to the different places. He was in the wilderness proclaiming truth. He had a very powerful message. He's creating the pathway because the Messiah is coming. Some people thought he was the Messiah. He said, I'm not the Messiah, but I am the one that comes before the Messiah and I am being a voice in the wilderness. And sometimes it can feel like you're a voice in the wilderness when you stand, stand up and proclaim truth into a world, can't it? Sometimes, you know what? Some, some people don't really want to hear what you have to say when you're a person of truth because truth either attracts or it can repel. Some people are repelled from truth. Bible says that you'll be in a stench to some people, but for some people you'll be an aroma of life and hope. For some people you'll get a response like that. I love, um, I just can't think of his name. What's the country guy? Keith Irwin. Did you see his facial? Whoa! I reckon that's what some people's going to say. When you say, you know what? Jesus Christ loves you unconditionally. You won't find a love like him on the earth. You know, he came to bring you meaning and purpose in life and to connect to his purposes and passion for eternity. Whoa, really? Because all I've ever heard is death and just, just stuff over my life that's pushed me down. That God came to set us free. I had a conversation with a plane on a young guy coming back from the South Island during the week, raised as a Mormon. Sorry, not a Mormon, sorry, as a Muslim. His father was Indian. He just said, we just, we just were. We just something you, you were. You didn't have a choice, you just were. He's starting to discover, as we dialogue and we're talking about Jesus and this freedom, and he just seems to start to open up. It's incredible. We have this message to proclaim, and it's a message of life. So we are to become life, become light and salt. The Bible says, what good is you lose your saltiness? And as we declare what he's doing in our own lives, as we become a letter, it says that in Corinthians, that we don't need to write a letter, you're becoming the letter. People can read the letter because they see it in you. But that's not an excuse to keep your mouth shut. That's not an excuse to just say, well, people will see my Christianity. Good, good that they see it. But it's always two parts. Now we proclaim. Because there's some things you can't model. Anyone here model the resurrection? If you can and have, I'd be really interested to chat with you. (laughs) Can you resurrect yourself? 
Anyone here model the virgin birth? What about model the return of Christ? Some people try, (laughs) but you can't model that stuff. You've got to preach it. You've got to share it. That's why God gives you a tongue, gives you a voice and says, will you be a voice for me? Greg, will you be a voice for me? In places of darkness, the light came and shone in the darkness, but the darkness didn't recognize the light. But the light is the light of all men, it says in John. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. There are so many voices today that speak, isn't there? If you go into the world, there are voices screaming at you everywhere. Do we have a voice? Because the world has many voices. Coming over here, come and do this. You can go down certain places in Wellington and there's certain establishments that try and entice you in. Which aren't healthy for you. There is advertising everywhere in front of you. 40, you know, 40 months interest free. Come and buy this, come and buy that. Knock your life up to debt till over your head. There are voices everywhere. There's the voice of self that speaks constantly. I'm not this, I'm not that. Have we got a voice? There are many voices. So what voice do we listen to? And then what voice are we becoming? One of our values that we hold strongly at the rock is evangelism. And it's a value that's anchored in love. I love that. It's a value that God anchors and he anchors it in love. The Bible says when he came, he came full of grace and truth. Notice how it's not truth and grace. He came full of love, but he came full of truth. Everything he did, he did in love. And so we are too as well. It's a heart that's very close to the, sorry, it's a message close to the Father's heart. And it's a message that the Father entrusts us all to proclaim. It's one of love. It's one of hope. It's one of relationship. It's one of intimacy. It's one of salvation. It's one of marriage. And it's one of reconciliation. Mike, can you just put up the words to the song, He is Faithful? Just read this with me. This is is the message that we have to proclaim. He is faithful. He is glorious. Say it with me. And He is Jesus. And all my hope is in Him. He is freedom. He is healing right now. He is hope and joy and love and peace and life. He is faithful. He is glorious. And He is Jesus. And all my hope is in Him. He is freedom. He's healing right now. He is joy and love and and hope and peace. Just go over to the, the next, the chorus. He has paid the highest price. I don't think you get better than this, do you? He's paid the highest price that was on offer. He has proven his great love for us. We will praise him with our lives and proclaim our love for him and proclaim our love for him. That is the message, guys, that we get to share. I'm humbled by that. I'm humbled that God would even bother with me and say, Greg, can I entrust this message to you? It says that we're ambassadors for him and that he, is, he speaks through us. An ambassador is a person that is sent from one country to another to represent that country. And we are ambassadors of the kingdom. And it is not of this world. It's of eternity. It's of heaven. But we are sent here to be a voice and to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. And what a message that is to become 
and to proclaim. And so come with me to Romans 10, and we're going to just look at one passage, and then we're going to just rip this apart. Romans 10, verses 11. Romans 10, verses 11. Okay, we ready? For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. What a cool start. If you believe in him, you'll never be disappointed. If you align your life to him, you'll never be disappointed. If you anchor yourself in him, you'll never be disappointed. See, what we have to unlock is, we don't have to unlock anchored to the world and anchor ourselves in eternity if we're anchored to the world there's a good chance we're going to be disappointed when things don't go our way but when we're anchored in eternity living here then things that happen don't have the hold on you and so we continue to move forward means we're not disappointed for there is no distinction between jew or greek for the same lord is lord of all abounding in riches for all who call on him There are riches, there's an inheritance, there's a reward for those who call on him. Thank you, Father. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a promise right there. Whoever calls on his name will be saved. At some point in time, most of us here have probably called on the name of the Lord and got reconciled back to him. I pray that the revelation of that would stir you so much that it would create a hunger in you to want to be a voice for him. A voice that represents his king. A voice that sounds like that girl. And a voice that has that type of impact when we proclaim truth. To maybe people that have never heard or people that are so downtrodden, people have been so abused that when you mention the word freedom and love, they just gravitate to it like a moth to light. They've never heard those words. You know, some people never hear, I love you. Some people in this room have probably never heard, I love you, from a parent. Well, I'll tell you today, the Father says, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Verse 14. Here we go. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Have a look at your shoes. Have a look at your shoes right now. They're shiny. They're good shoes, good feet that live in them. It says, how beautiful are these feet? Size 12 of mine, I don't know, seven and a half for you. Size nine, maybe some size 14. We've got some rather big people in the house. I saw some size 21s once. It was um, the big basketball player, Shaquille O'Neal. About that big. I was like, mate, I thought my feet were big. But look at your feet. The Bible says that beautiful are the feet that go with this good news message and declare, who be a voice, who find their voice and then allow their feet to move. You know what happens? The more you get a hymn, the more your feet start to move. The more you understand him, the greater the revelation of the Father, the greater of the love, your feet automatically start to move. 
You can't stop them. It's like dancing. Why? Because something of Him gets imparted into you. That's why intimacy is so important. To sit in His presence and say, Father, just reveal to me. The Spirit of Revelation, come and reveal to me your love. For me firstly, and then for a world that so desperately needs you. So my first point is we are a sent people. We are a sent people. Just come back. We're going to do sort of, instead of going down from top down, we're going to go bottom up. It says, how will they preach unless they are sent? Everyone say sent. Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. How will they preach unless they are sent? See, the church, which is you and I, are to be apostolic in nature. You say, Greg, what does that even mean? We are to be apostolic in nature. And apostolic people are people who are more concerned for others than they are themselves. And apostolic people are people who lay down their lives and live for others, whether that's the body or whether it's the world. That's what 1 John 3, 16. You can tell people the way they love, but the way they lay their lives down for one another. And apostolic people are people who never come to receive for themselves. They come for others. And in the doing for others, they actually receive. But your focus as an apostolic people is never about you. As soon as you became a follower of Christ, whether you know this or not, you said, it's no longer about me. It is about you and your will and your purpose. And by the way, the will of God is not lost and it's not hiding. It's very simple. You read the book, you find it. Love him, love others, go into a world. That's the will for the church. Right there. Very simple. You just need to activate it. But an apostolic church is sent. God sent his son. Paul was sent. And Jesus says, you lot, you're going to go into the world. Didn't he? You believe me? Okay, let's give me some scripture. Look at Luke 10.1. Now, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others, be behind me, and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. I love that. He sent them out in pairs. Why go in pairs? Anyone have an answer? Sally. So where two or more are gathered in my name, your will be done. Good. Other, other answers. Why send them out in twos? Protection. Yep. Other, other thoughts. It sucks going alone. <laughs> Say that again, mate. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let all things be established. I love that. He sends them out in twos. And then I love this bit, to every city and place where he himself was going to come. It's a little bit like John the Baptist. When we go and start proclaiming and start sharing and praying, God is, Jesus is coming. You know, that's why you never know. You never know as you share when, when someone's going to come to a place of salvation. I love this. It's almost like that. We go forth before him as ambassadors to start plowing the work, the field, start speaking forth the reality. And those who have ears to hear, hear. And all of a sudden there's a connection now with the Holy Spirit. What a, what a humbling privilege to be able to go before him 
and to share and to be a voice. We can't save anybody. Only He can save. But we can be witnesses and we can proclaim. Amen? Paul said, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. Paul was an apostle. The word apostle means sent one. God sends an apostle. And so the church is apostolic in nature. Am I saying everyone's an apostle? No, what I'm saying is the nature of the church is to be a sent one that represents him on the earth. It's called the body of Christ. And when the body of Christ loves one another and lays its life down for one another, what happens? A world knows that Jesus was sent for them. That's what John 17 teaches us. I love what verse 3 says in Luke 10. It says, Go, behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. You send me out, Jesus, into the midst of wolves? Yeah. Not everybody's a wolf. But it's not this nice sort of kumbaya type of thing at times. There's going to be opposition. Will we be a voice? Can we find our voice in the face of opposition? Do we shrink back or do we move forward? I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. In fact, the church is offensive. See, it's a sent one. It's a people that continue to move forward in the face of opposition. Why? Because we know we've got all of God beside us, around us, in front of us. And a body of Christ of believers believing and praying and walking with us. Go in twos. Go in ten. Go in twenty. Go in the world. And so the first thought is we are a sent people. 2 Corinthians 5.20 Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. I said this before, as though God were making an appeal through us. Don't you love that? God is making an appeal through you. Once again, what a privilege to be a voice, to represent Him. The King of kings and the Lord of lords chooses me and you to be His mouthpiece, that He would choose us to speak through. We are the plan, guys. You and I are the plan. There is no plan B. It's me and you. Isn't that awesome? Maybe. Okay, I um, I remember we're going to do this again, uh, life group. So, um, and it's going to be part of the ignite course. But um, I remember just a couple of years back, or three years ago now, Danielle and I we grabbed our life group and we went uh, downtown and we took some barbecues with us. We took a whole lot of sausages and a whole lot of bread because we're a sent one. We wanted to go and just be amongst it all and just reach out and just share the gospel, share Christ, share His kingdom. Just ask questions of people. So we went down on a Saturday afternoon for about three hours. We chipped in. We bought on about 250 sausages. We bought all this bread, onions, tomato sauce, two barbecues, and off we went. We got our license from the council, and we're there outside uh, on the Angel Parade. It was a good day, just cooking sausages. Dave Ronalds made up these free signs that said free sausages, and we had the kids walking around wearing them. And, uh, and people were coming and they're walking past and people are hungry. And we say, hey, do you want some free sausages? Yeah, yeah. People come over. What are you doing this for? I just said, oh, you know, we're a local church community called The Rock. We're out here serving our community and just want to give something back. We thought there'd be a few hungry people out and we just wanted to be down here. Wow, really? I said, yeah, well, have you ever thought about God? 
And all of a sudden, you're into conversations with people, and it's easy. And people start dialoguing with you. And really, we've got to master the art of asking good questions. Sent people master the art of asking good questions. Who do people say I am? Why do it that way? You tell me and I'll tell you. Jesus was brilliant at asking open-ended questions. And we saw, I saw, we, we, had, we had Ben Cook. If you know Ben Cook, he used to be with us a few. The guy wouldn't say boo to a mouse. The guy was running across the road trying to give sausages away and share the gospel with people. In fact, he was chasing people down the street a little bit. He caught something. Now, when you go, you catch something. You realize it's where life is. You realize it's where the action is. It's realize it's a bit scary and a bit freaky, but you know what? God's right there. And when the person responds to you and starts dialoguing with you, like the guy did on the plane just on Friday with me, you start, I do, I start sensing this fire come alive inside. It's like what I was wired to do and be. It was phenomenal. I had this conversation with one guy for 30 minutes. He was a Welsh guy. He told me about his mother that was Catholic, who had a vision of God, that became a follower of Christ. All in half an hour, I'm learning all this stuff, this intimate stuff. You know what he did at the end of it? Didn't commit his life. He hugged me. He said, thanks for being out here today, and thanks for sharing this message with me. And he hugged me. He was a bit uncomfortable. He was about my size, and a few people were so That was awesome. It was awesome. We're a sent people, guys. We're a sent people. The second thing is we are all sent to preach. We are all sent to preach. How will they hear without a preacher? Now, don't get confused with this, being a preacher. I've got to sound like this. I've got to be someone who's up here. I've got to have all this things down pat. No, no. All it means is we're sent to declare. We're sent to share. We're sent to discuss. We're sent to just share a story, an incredibly simple story, but a powerful one. And we are all sent to be a preacher, the Bible says. Listen to what John Farnham said in his voice, his song, The Voice. He said, you're the voice Try and understand it. Make a noise and make it clear. We're not going to live in silence. We're not going to live in fear. There's a lot of voices speaking. Here's a man, not a follower, who sings, writes a song about being a voice. You're the voice. Try and understand it. Make a noise. Make it clear. We're not going to live in silence. You know what? We're not going to live in fear. Not going to live in fear. God, you haven't given me a spirit of fear. 1 Timothy 1.7 or 2 Timothy 1.7. You've given me a spirit of what? Power, discipline, love, sound mind. I'm not someone that's shrinking back. I'm coming forward. Fear does not exist. It's not to exist. We're to overcome our fear if we face it. It's okay to, to feel it, but don't allow it to dictate. Don't allow it to de- determine what you end up overcome it. Bring forth the, war, the word of God because we're called all to be preachers. This is what Romans, Paul said in Romans 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it. Why? For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. That man found something so powerful so life transforming. He said, I'm not ashamed of this message. You can kick me. You can beat me. You can stone me. You can hang me upside down. You can whip me five times. But you know, I'm not ashamed of this message I've got. Why? Because I know 
It's the power to set people free. Why? Because he'd experienced it. It wasn't just theory. It wasn't just head knowledge. He'd experienced being set free, getting saved, having all that, all that knowledge, all that instruction, all that without the Spirit. He meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. He has an encounter with the living God and there's a transition from here to here. And he was a man who was going to be a voice. He said, I'm not ashamed of this thing because in this message there is life, hope, and you're going to get people that will look like that when you declare it to them and be a preacher because you're sent and you preach and people hear. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome, good news. And we're to ask questions and share truth wrapped in His grace. Why does the power of God see this gospel message? Once again, we're to hear Him. I'm saying we're to hear preach Jesus Christ and His kingdom. But just think about that. It's the power. There's power as you declare, as you declare it by faith, and the Holy Spirit attaches Himself to your words. There is genuine power to come and convict the heart. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 that there's a veil that covers the heart of people. There's a veil. So the enemy who's in control of this world right now has put a veil over the eyes of people. We need power to cut through the veil so people can see for the first time. I remember me at 29 seeing for the first time. I can see it. It's here. It now makes sense. There was an interaction power. That's why we have to be more than words. It's to experience the kingdom, experience his love. Amen? And there was real power. Paul said, I'm not a man of fancy words. I'm a man of power and authority because I know who I am and I know my Lord. And I've been sent for a mission and a purpose and I'm going to proclaim a message. And he said, imitate me. As I imitate the Christ, Jesus would say to you today, imitate the Apostle Paul. Imitate him and his lifestyle and his choices and his craziness and his obsessions for God. And allow the Father to minister to you and become like him as a body and as individuals. The third thought is people hear. People do hear. We are all wired, whether we know him or not, to receive truth. God has created people to receive truth. Do you believe that? So you've got to get a conviction of that. If you don't believe that, then you're probably not going to go and be sent and you probably won't preach. Everybody is designed by him. We're all made in his image. Every single person, whether they know him or not, is made in his image and are wired to receive him and can hear Listen to Romans 1, 18, 19. For the wrath, or the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress truth in unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them. See, people suppress it. God has written the law on our hearts. That's why there's a thing called a conscience. So we have an ally that we can speak to because God has placed it there. They can suppress it. They can deny it. They can do all those things and justify it away. And we're not really to be concerned so much about that. We're just called to be sent and to proclaim, be a preacher of truth, and people will hear. That man heard that day. The boy on the, the young man on the plane heard 
what I was saying, and we entered into a conversation. Some might choose to walk away from us, but that's okay. Because I'm not here to save, I'm just here to proclaim a message. Whatever happens to the message is not up to me. My part is, will I proclaim the message? And then allow the Holy Spirit to move and do His thing. Yeah? That's why, you know, that's why... I mean, all the good books that are out there on different topics, it's all God-given. These great leaders that don't know God, and they write these incredible books, that's just in here. It's not them. They've been created. The Bible says everything in John, everything comes into, into, into life through Christ. Every single thing. There is nothing that we can put our hand to and go, it's me. It's even been given to you by him. So people are wired to receive truth. They have the law written on their hearts. And when we are sent and when we preach, people will hear. Amen? Do you believe me? I'm good. Come on, let's give me some feedback. And they'll look at me like, well, really? I don't know about that. Thank you. <laughs> what I want to do now is, um, and God put this on my heart, is I'm actually going to hand out some little blue buckets and there's some bits of paper in there. And uh, what I want you to do is I want you to think as this is going around about, you might have more than one person, but one person, one person that you want to come to know Christ. And write their name down, put it on both sheets. What we're going to do is I want you to keep one. And at the end of the service, I want you to hand it in at the door. At the, at the, at the, um, there'll be people there with the buckets. And what we're going to do each week is just pray for these names. And I want you to stick your bit of paper wherever you see it every morning. Maybe it's when you brush your teeth. Maybe it's in your car somewhere. And what we're going to do is just believe together that God is going to start drawing people to him. Bible says that no one can come to him unless God draws them. And then what we're going to do over time, I'm going to encourage you and challenge you, you can do this tomorrow, is start to proclaim. Is start to be a voice. And pray for this person. Ask the Holy Spirit to start to prepare this person. And so as these things go around now, just keep listening to us. I'm talking, but just take two bits of paper, write one person, at least one person that God puts on your heart. So you might want to pray about that. It could be a family member, a neighbor, stranger, workmate. And then keep one, put it somewhere safe. And then at the end of the service, if you want to engage with this, then just drop it into a bucket on the way out. And together as a community, we'll just lift these names up every service and just start praying for these people. Is that cool? And just think about, we've got some things happening coming up. You know, there's, uh, there's DJ Forbes is going to be here on the 12th of August in the morning. He's the All Black Sevens coach. We've got the kids outreach thing that's happening. And so... Um, Maybe I'll just wait two seconds as that goes around. Give me a quick yell when everyone's got it so we can start again. We have deeds that match our faith, faith that match our deeds. And so we, can, we need to be able to hear the word and then allow the word to do its work in us and then form us out into an action. Because as I said before, Jesus was a man of action. He was radical in some things. 
and so we are to be as well. I genuinely believe, I have a conviction that, and I believe that the message that we have to proclaim and that I have to proclaim, and this is, this is the mindset that I go into every situation, is that people not only need to hear it, they want to hear it. So that's, that's, my, that's my presupposition that I enter. Even if I get shut down, even if people close it off, even if people abuse me, every time I go into the situation, I believe that people want to, not only need to hear it, but they want to hear it. And they're going to engage. It's a bit like healing. Every time you go into an opportunity to heal, whether the person before you never got healed, you go with a mindset that God is is the healer and he's going to heal. And you bring that level of faith. I want to encourage you in that, is that people not only need to hear, they want to hear. Don't listen to the minute voices. Don't take one person that says, ah, Jesus and all that, that's a load of rubbish and rubbish, and then make a statement nobody wants to hear. Because it's a lie. It's exactly what the enemy will try and get you to do. But if you took a poll, you'll find that probably 80% of people, if you do it well and you do it with gentleness and respect and ask questions, will engage with you. Don't be an egg and go in there and just start like, like you know, old-fashioned touch, slapping people around the head with truth. He came full of grace and truth. You need to know this. That's just not going to get anywhere. We don't like it done to us. Why would we do it to someone else? So think about and use wisdom, but go with a mindset that, you know what? People want to hear this message. People want to hear that there's hope and joy and love and peace because, you know what? They're looking for it, and they can't find it anywhere but Him. And my last thought is this, that hearers believe and call on the name of the Lord. Hearers believe and call on the name of the Lord. Verse 13, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so just come with me to Acts 8. Maybe if we have the the musicians back, that'd be great. Acts 8, uh, verses 25. We'll probably know this story. And as I'm reading this, I want you to hear some of the key things that you've heard today. So I've said that the church is a sent. We are sent people. So we're a sent body. We're all to preach, we're all to preach this message, declare this message, share this message. That hearers will hear, people will hear. And the last thing is hearers believe and call on the name of the Lord. And this is an example of those points all wrapped up in one awesome story. So Acts 8 verses 25, an Ethiopian receives Christ. So when they had all solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem. And we're preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Verse 26. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, get up and go. See, once again, the key to this whole thing is being led by him. An angel of the Lord said, get up and go. There's the scent. Philip saying, get up and go south of the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candice, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Imagine that. Imagine if God said, go over and speak to the person in the cafe at the far back. And you get over there and they've got a Bible out and they're reading Isaiah. And you thought, well, no one's going to want to know this message. 
You know, they're just there having a coffee, but no, you've heard the voice, you're now being sent, and the person there is reading the Bible. And then they say this, I love this. Uh, I'm find the place again. Then the Spirit said to Philip again, go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? There's your opportunity. The door is wide open to be a voice. Doesn't get better than this, I'm telling you. And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. People want to hear. They genuinely want to hear today. They're looking, looking in all these different places, going to tarot readers and star signs and all this stuff. There's an, there's an overemphasis on Draculas and the supernatural. Just look at the tally. The world's screaming supernatural. Are we being a voice? He says, come up and sit with me. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he does not open his mouth and humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who, who will relate his generation for his life is removed from the earth? The eunuch answered Philip and said, please tell me of whom does the prophet say of this? Mate, if you get one of these, you, 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 you just got to like you know, put the ball in the net. It's like, it's like at the penalty shootout at the European champs and there's no goalie. It's just all you got to do is kick it in, you know. Uh, then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from the scripture, he preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Whew. And he ordered the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water. Be like being at Azoria Cafe or, you know, one of the ones near the waterfront and then going, let's go across the road and let's get baptized. What an awesome privilege that would be. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. Went on his way rejoicing. Heard the message, believed the message. It was proclaimed the message because someone went, was sent and opened their mouth and shared. The man invited them to come and sit and then he's gone away rejoicing because he's heard this incredible message of hope. But Philip found himself at Azotus and as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, you call us to not only become, but to proclaim. I thank you, Lord, that your kingdom is built in two parts. Lord, grace, worship me in spirit and truth, faith and deeds. Message to become, message to proclaim. Thank you, God, that you entrust us with this incredible story, this incredible message of hope. And I pray today, God, that we have captured something of your heart, of understanding. And as we write down our friends, family, strangers, neighbors, workmates, names, 
Lord, right now we just lift those people before you. You know exactly where they are, what they're doing, where they're, what their situation is right now. You see their hearts, you see the despair, the pride, the arrogance, the love, all those things you see. And Father, we commit these people to you. And we just lift them to you. And we pray, Lord, you would draw them unto yourself. In Jesus' name, draw them. God, give us courage. Give us boldness. Give us the question to ask. Give us the truth to study. May your truth be living in us, that we'd be living letters, that the truth would be quickened to us in the engagement of conversation. Lord, that we wouldn't be worried about what we're going to say because your Holy Spirit would bring it forth because we've sought you and seeked you. Lord, you burn for people. You burn for them, Lord. Sons and daughters that you know, others that are still to come in. And your heart is that no one would perish. Not one person would spend a Christless eternity. So God, burden us with what burdens you. May we carry it lightly. Father, maybe we'll be a sent people. May we be a people that preach and declare. As we go, we know people will hear. And those that hear will call on the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord is saved. Let's just stay right here. And if you're here this morning, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He said, there is no other way to my Father, the God of the universe, except through me. There aren't ten ways to God. It's just another voice of the enemy. There aren't five ways. There aren't all different religions lead to Rome. It's a lie. And I say that with all sincerity and love in my heart to you. It's a lie from a place called hell and the king of the king who is the enemy called Satan. There is only one way to an eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ and it's through him. It's through him. But every single one of us finds ourselves with a problem is that we have this thing called iniquity, which is lawlessness, which is a nature that is not of his, that wants to be in control. It wants to be God. It wants to determine what truth is. Hence, we have all these different religions. And this nature that you are born with, we are all born with it. No one is different. The Bible says that no one is good. Not one person is good. Only God. And so this nature separates you and me from him. And Jesus is the only way back to the Father. This loving Father. That's why Jesus came and sacrificed his life, but rose again after three days. And there is not only an incredible message of the cross, but the message of his kingdom. Jesus said, I've come to bring life and life of abundance that I want you to come into, to bring you joy, peace, patience. It was just about being saved. You would go to heaven straight away. There is a work that God wants to do in your heart and in your life that you would become like him and proclaim and be a voice of truth. But we have this problem. We have this nature. And the only way, the only way that can be redeemed is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Will you acknowledge the fact that you are a sinner? As the Bible says, 
I'm a sinner, Father. And sin leads to death, eternal death. But today I receive your Son as life and as my Lord and as my Savior, as my reconciler, as my Redeemer back to you. If there's anyone here today, and just as we've all got our heads down, if you say, Greg, I want to make that decision. I'm ready to make that decision. You'll know you're ready. I don't want to force this. You'll just know. Is there anyone here? Just put your hand up so I can just quickly see it. I did this 29 years ago, and I'm telling you guys, it was the most best decision I've ever made, better than getting married, better than having children. The most incredible decision I've ever made, finding him, was the best thing that's ever happened to me. He set me free from stuff, continues to. Life, meaning, purpose. You'll not find it in anything. Trust me, I looked. In anything. Is there anybody here that's with us that says, that's me, Greg? You're calling me out. Don't let fear get in the way. It's not of him. For his spirit is a cast out fear. He loves you so much. Man, it's hard to put into words the love of God. Anyone, just one more time. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your and just sing that again a cappella. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul. One more time. I love you, Lord, and I live my voice to worship. 